Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. treat today. Annie F. Downs is here. And I don't know if you know Annie, but let me tell you, you are going to fall in love with her today. I met Annie a number of years ago. We hosted an event together. We had way more fun than should have been allowed. And I just grew an instant affection for Annie. Uh, She is a writer, a podcaster, a speaker, She is honest and she's real. And I am pretty sure that everyone feels like Annie is their best friend. Uh, She just recently released a book called That Sounds Fun that became a New York Times bestseller, which is so fun. Uh, And what I love is that Annie has actually been to Soul City Church. Uh, But I'm I'm gonna name and claim it. Even though she is here online, one day she will be here in the flesh. And so this is like part one to Soul City falling in love with Annie. And uh, I'm, I'm just so grateful that she gets to come and be with us. So for those of you that are here in the room and those of you that are worshiping with us online, will you help me welcome Annie F. Downs to Soul City Church? Yes. Hi. Y'all, I'm so happy to be here. Annie, my friend, it is so good to see you. It is so good to have you here at Soul City. Uh, I'm excited to introduce you. I know every time I'm with you, I I talk about these people that I love that have stolen my heart, Soul City Church. And so I'm excited for, for you to meet them in a virtual way this weekend. And what's so fun is through COVID, we became a local and global church. And there are actually people that... Attend Soul City Church that live in Nashville, where yes. where you live, which is so fun. And, and it's so yes. great to have you here with us this weekend. And one of the things that I have always loved about you is your deep love for the church. Uh, you have a deep affection and care for the local church. And I would love for you to just share with us why you love the church. Yeah, you know, I think this is an important question that we actually all need to answer right now in 2021. Uh, There's been this, there's nothing new under the sun. So things aren't happening in church that have ever happened before. But there are some, there are some problems within the institutions and, and within the church, but, but that's not what I'm in love with anyway right? I'm not in love with the institutions or the rules or the all, any of that stuff. I, th- what I love about the church is when we had a tornado a year and a half ago here in Nashville, the first people who showed up uh, where things were broken and torn down were local churches. It, it's just, a, it, it, we need community. We long for community. When we look back throughout the history of the modern world, the church is often who mobilizes, right. who helps, who steps in. And so I just love being a part of a community like that. And the idea there's a lot of clubs you can join that will help the community. But the idea that we get to help with hope and we get to help with the hand of Jesus. And on Sundays, when I am sitting at Cross Point Church here in Nashville, or when I came and sat at Soul City or wherever I am, there's just this moment where you look around, and you go, man, most of the people in here get it. Mm. 
They get what I'm going through. They get the wrestle. Not like everybody understands your problems, but but the thing about a room full of mostly faith people is that you go, I bet we're wrestling similarly. I bet you're trying to not do the thing that feels easier to do today too, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I just love that the church is a place where we find hope and understanding and, and friendships and relationships. We talk a lot in here in Nashville that when revival comes, we hope it comes from the outside in, that people who aren't believers start believing in Jesus for who he really is. But we also hope it comes from the inside up, right? Yeah, like we want right. you to fall in love with someone in our church and get married, start having kids. Let's let's raise them up in, in loving Jesus for who he really is while the people from the outside are coming in too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the the idea of a community of hope. And and yeah. you were very honest about the reality that it's also tricky days for the church. Yeah, and and I'm curious for you, Annie, you know, you, you've been a part of local ch- communities for a long time. You loved Jesus yeah, yeah. for a long time. How do you not grow cold or cynical? Or even, or even bored um, and, and just a critic of the local church. How do you keep your hope alive for the church? I think part of it is remembering and going back and reading what happened in Acts Mm -hmm. and how this whole thing started. Yes. If we go back to how the whole thing started, it's a lot easier to not give up on it because throughout the New Testament, starting in Acts all the way through Revelation, I mean, it is, the church is the bride of Christ. And what we have seen in in seasons, and, and this is true in other countries, we are just insanely lucky that Christians are not persecuted as a church in our country. But in other countries on earth right now, there are people who are meeting together in homes that are being persecuted. Literally, they're having friends and family members murdered for talking about the gospel. And so so to me, the church doesn't die. The church keeps thriving. And so what I get to decide is, is Twitter going to tell me about the church or is mm. the history of the church going to tell me about mm. the church? Yeah. Is the Are the critics going to tell me where this thing is going or am I going to look to scripture yeah. and pay attention to where this church has been and That's where it's good. going? And it doesn't yeah. make it easy, Jeannie. We've talked about oh, it. I, mean, I know. I know. I, I, I wrote about eight tweets yesterday about the local church that started at a very spicy level and worked our <laughs> way down. <laughs> I followed that that rule that the hot ones yes. guy does when he makes people taste wings. Yes, yes. I went backwards <laughs> until I finally tweeted one that I thought was respectful and genuine, but still concerned about some of the behavior of some leaders in the local church. We just can't give up on it, Jeannie. Yeah. We can't give up on Jesus even when we don't understand. Amen. We can't give up on the local church even when it hurts our feelings. Mm. We can't give up on our partner that we're married to because it's not going great today, yeah. right? Like yeah. we just don't walk away from things we're committed to. That's and I'm right. committed to what Jesus is committed to. And Jesus is committed to our local. I mean, it's our, it's his bride. Yes. It's yes. the local church. Yeah. And he's committed to loving God and loving other people. That's what he told us to do. And, and I just, I can't walk away from what he won't walk yeah. away from. Yeah. Well, I love that you likened it to a relationship, right? And, and so yeah. often we don't view it as a relationship. We just view it as a, a one-way street of what the church does for me or what the church didn't do for me. And when you're or, or in- Or what the church did do to or me. Or what the church did to me. Thank you. Yes. And so th- that's the only way that we view this relationship. And, and that's just not mm-hmm. how 
normal relationships work. Um, they, they, I, not if you want them to last. That's right. That's not how they work. Like me and Chick-fil-A are going to be fine <laughs> because we understand what the relationship is. That's right. Chick-fil-A understands that I am coming to get those nuggets and that Amen. I am going to give them money for it. Amen. But my friendships are not like that. Mm -hmm. My friendships, we don't have this square understanding. There's more fluidity and yes. there's more opportunity for growth. And, and where me and Chick-fil-A are a pretty straight road, me and the church are going to be more like a river mm. where there's some deeper parts and some shallower parts and some mm. turns that we can't control. And so we, if you give up on those relationships, it's going to be hard to be a human because all of them are like that. That's right. If you only want Chick-fil-A relationships or H&M relationships or, or Amazon relationships, it's going to work for you. You're going to hurt less, but you're also not going to grow and change and be in love. Amen. And so I don't want all of those. Yeah. I, I want the ones that cost me something. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where growth happens, right? That, that, that's, that's where it. transformation that's happens. And you can't right. always schedule into your relationships. And now we will do forgiveness. And now we will do, <laughs> you know, it's it just, that's not how a relationship works, but a relationship requires those things. And, and I love yeah, the yes. metaphor of, of the river and it, and it goes through different seasons and, and sometimes it's really rocky and, and sometimes yes. it's flowing beautifully. And if you were to prophetically look at the church even right now mm. and you see some rocks ahead, what would be some of your even concerns that you would prophetically speak out to those yeah. of us that have really committed ourselves to, to being in this imperfect relationship? Yeah, uh, a couple of things come to my mind right off. A lot of us that grew up in church know what it felt like when we were teenagers. And the easiest thing is to reproduce mm. that, right? The same is true. I used to teach elementary school, Jeannie, mm -hmm. you know? And so one of the problems for element, for anybody who's a teacher is you remember what third grade felt like. Yes. And so the, the initial thing is to make third grade the way you knew it. Yes. But there's new technology and there's, and the kids are different and you aren't going necessarily to the school to teach where you grew up. And so just because we knew something growing up does not mean it's exactly how it's supposed to be when we are grown up. Yes. And so part of it for those of us who grew up in church is you got to let go of some of the culture parts of it in order to grab the faith, actual faith relationship parts of it. Yes. And for the people who didn't grow up in this, bless you. Congratulations. Right. Like what you are experiencing is the best thing we know how to build. And, and, the and, and especially Soul City, I'll speak specifically to Soul City, especially with y'all's leadership. It, there's no question that you are running after Jesus and trying to transform your community it is not going to be done perfectly, but everyone should give you the benefit of the, the doubt that you're doing the best you can. Mm -hmm. Y'all are doing the best you can for your city and globally. So prophetically, if I'm looking forward, what I'm saying to people, no matter how they grew up in the church or didn't grow up in the church, is the thing we hold on to is the Bible. Yeah. The thing we do not let go of, the thing we do not walk away from, the thing that we build everything around is scripture because that has not changed. Yeah. It has not changed. Yeah. And, and so we, whether you're deconstructing or reconstructing or constructing for the first time, I think, I think of that. Um, I'm not going to tell this well, Jeannie, but you know, there's that story of the sirens when the ship is going through a pass and the sailor ties himself to the mast yes. so that he does not jump over. 
I see that picture in my head so frequently when I think about the Bible, because I think there are so many things yelling at me and so many things attractive to me that if I do not literally tie myself to this faith through scripture, I could jump over the edge. No question. And you and I are leaders in this and I could jump over the edge. I go to a church where our pastor jumped over the edge, right? Like he, we, we had to go through a terrible season of being without a pastor. And I, I will not give up on this. (laughs) I'm getting so loud in my office. I will not (laughs) give up on this. I am tied to this for good. And it is not always easy. It doesn't always feel good. So if I'm looking to the future of the church and what we're raising our kids in and and what we're hoping 20s, 30s, people in their 80s want to be a part of, teach the Bible. Mm. Teach the Bible. It is actually irresistible to people. We think they want what they want to hear. And if it, we think people will come back to an ice cream shop every day, but they don't. They actually don't want sweets every day. They want to actually know the truth. They want the meat and potatoes. And so if we will teach scripture and if we will be in scripture, Holy Spirit will draw the people who who are ready for truth. Yes, amen. I, uh, you know, obviously so many churches are now emerging out of this COVID season that we walked through. And just a few weeks ago, our staff gathered actually, which is so fun in in the very first room that we actually Mm -hmm. had here in our church. And we called it the upper room, mostly because it's in an attic and then it's an upper room. Uh, But we reread Acts two through six as a staff. And we just, we talked about so much of what you're speaking to the reminder that the foundation doesn't change. And and when you go all the way back to it, there's been, you know, years upon years upon years of of movement and significant change, much which was needed and necessary. But the foundation remains the same. And when you build the church continually on those practices, you see the movement of Jesus. Um, When you think you have to change that foundation, when, when you think you have to jackhammer that part up, you get in trouble. And so thank God that the foundation remains and that that foundation is Jesus. You mentioned, Annie, that, you know, there are so many attractions and things that we can throw ourselves to. And you yourself just wrote a book called That Sounds Fun. (laughs) So there are a lot of fun things that we could actually give ourselves to. And one of the things that I love about your book and I love about the podcast and, and what challenges me in how you offer your voice to the world is you really invite people to one of the things you talked about in the book is being an amateur, yeah. And, and I even texted you and I was like, hey, this is really challenging for me because there's a tennis court across from the street where I'm moving into and I feel like maybe I should take up tennis, but I am totally an amateur and I prefer being a professional. And there's so many things that we could throw ourselves into and you really hone in and talk about this in your book that it's really good for people to have that feeling again of being an amateur. Talk a little bit about that because it was so challenging to me. 
Yeah, we all kind of globally experienced it in 2020 because none of us had ever lived through a pandemic before. And, and that's a really scary version of that, of going, we don't know what's happening here. We don't know what comes next. But but the, the thing that's happened in culture today has become, don't speak up about a topic unless you know everything. Mm. Don't, don't get into this relationship unless you know how to do it well. Yeah. Um, don't start a new job unless you've got, uh, you know, exactly how to do all the things. Yep. We have lost the ability to be learners publicly yes. and to be new at things. Yeah. And, and, and the thing that happens if you try a new hobby or try something new or, or, or enter into a conversation that you go, Hey, I'm, I have thoughts, but I'm learning. Mm -hmm is it actually brings a lot of grace to the whole experience. Uh, the, the base of it all is, do you believe you're loved? Mm. Do you believe that you are loved by someone, even if this goes sideways, yeah. even if you try a new recipe and it's disgusting? <laughs> right. Will your family still love you? Yes, of course. Even if you jump into a new career and you have off days at the beginning because you've never done this before, are you still going to be loved? Yes. I mean, that's our real question we're asking. That's why we want to be pros all the time, yeah. Jeannie. We want to be pros because we think professionals are going to be okay. Yes. I'm going to be okay. Yes. I'm going to be loved. I'm going to be respected. I'm going to be seen. I won't make as many mistakes, but if someone sees me make a mistake, what if, and what then? Yeah. And so to me, the, the way I teach it through that sounds fun and the stories I tell, and you know this about me, I'm very like, Let's talk about the top three layers, because if I can get you to talk about the top three layers mm -hmm. when you're not talking to me, you're thinking about the bottom seven yes, layers. Yes, that's right. And so I'm talking about being an amateur at, at, at tennis and at golf. And, and but I, what I hope you're thinking about is being an amateur in conversations about racial justice. Mm. And I hope what you're thinking about is being an amateur in your faith yes. and praying things that seem hard to pray yeah. because you don't know how it's going to go. And I hope you're thinking about being an amateur in forgiveness mm. because we think we need to be a professional before we ask for forgiveness or know how to mm -hmm. receive it or know how to give it. But instead, what if that just was like something it's okay if you've yep. never forgiven anybody for this thing before you can forgive them now. Yeah. And so, so to me, getting involved in these things where we're new and where we're beginners and, and saying to our community, hey, I'm, I'm trying something I've never tried before. If this fails, will you still love me? Yeah. Yeah. And give your community a chance to go. Yeah, of course. Yes. Of course. Yes. And then you go. Yeah. And, and the beauty in that is you get the opportunity to practice vulnerability, right? You yes. get the opportunity, yes. as, as Brene says, to show up and to let yourself be seen. And, and we all feel a little clunky, you know, doing something new. And, and it's so interesting to me how our, our society celebrates new beginnings for people, but we often forget to celebrate beginners. You know, like yes. we love the new beginnings, but we, oh, we love the new we beginnings. We love the new yes. beginnings, we but, but beginners start over. Yeah, right? we feel we feel very vulnerable and you know, kind of squishy inside. We don't want to step mm. out too much, and and I love the voice that you offer to this space because that's where we grow. 
That's where we actually transform is when we put ourselves into the posture of amateur versus professional. And I'm curious, what are some things that you have learned about yourself in this process of of writing the book, of of the podcast and and doing the work that you're doing and and even inviting Mm -hmm. people into this kind of work? Do you know what's funny is I was saying to someone yesterday, like, there's a lot of words that get attached to people who do jobs like mine. So Annie is known for, or this pastor is known for, you know, if someone goes through a hard season of depression and then they talk about it publicly, then you go, okay, I need an expert on that. Well, what's ended up happening is I've kind of actually become the expert on fun, which is not like the most spiritual content ever. Well, you called yourself a fun coach before this. Oh. <laughs> totally. And I'll stick with I it. Love I believe it. it. You are the fun coach. The in- <laughs> yeah, girl. But the interesting thing has been, I, I, the reason I experienced it yesterday is I got up in front of a group of men and women and we're talking to them about their career and how they're all in the same field and how fun will help people grow spiritually under their leadership. And there's so much resistance because they're like, I don't want to talk about fun. Fun isn't like it's not serious. It's not important. Yeah. It's not, it's not actually helping people. And, and I actually think it does. I think there is something you said it about the vulnerability. There is a vulnerability that comes when you're on a roller coaster, when you're like screaming things about your mother and, and what's that. And all of a sudden you're like, you can't control yourself anymore. And, <laughs> and the reason that's important is if, is then people get to say, Hey, I know you and I love you. I know you and I love you. And it happens in our faith life. And so what I've learned about me in this is that I have had to go first in saying, I think fun matters. Will you believe me? And it's left me really vulnerable in front of a lot of communities (laughs) and in front of a lot of friends. And I have to say, hey, I think fun brings a lot of connection. And I've had to go first and say, because I feel lonely. I feel lonely in my life. I feel lonely in my work sometimes. And And yet everyone thinks my life looks incredibly fun and I still feel a lot of loneliness. And the only way I can talk about fun bringing connection is if I'm willing to tell people I'm lonely. And, and fun also helps us remember these things from our childhood. And, and on it, you know, in scripture, it says that eternity is set in our hearts. And I think sometimes what we were remembering is things we actually haven't even ever known. I think there's a spiritual realm to some of this that is really um, mysterious Mm, to us. mm. And so all of that makes this a really spiritual thing to me. But Jeannie, it's asked, it's said to me first, and this is true in your writing and your teaching and with a lot of our friends where our friend John Acuff says, give everyone else the gift of going second. So that's what I've learned is that even in fun, which no one really equates to a spiritual topic, I have been invited to give other people the gift of going second and it's been costly and beautiful. Yeah. Well, and I I just absolutely love and appreciate, Annie, the the willingness to be the first to show up and the first Mm -hmm. to say, hey, to know me is to know this. And, And for someone to say, I actually am lonely. It has, it's this, a beautiful moment where everyone in the room gets to say, yeah, me too. Me too. Everyone is. Me too. Everyone is lonely. And if somebody doesn't go first, no one else gets to say me too. 
And, and yeah, what a, a gift and a blessing. And, and that is the power of vulnerability. It, it's somebody that goes first and then the rest of us get to say, me too. And, and, I and the fun thing about it being about fun is that no one is expecting to feel emotion when we talk about fun. <laughs> They're like, this girl's gonna get up here on a Sunday morning and talk about fun. And, I'm, and so it's a little bit of sneaky Jesus, right? Because what we get to do is go, hey, have you looked at Jesus's life? Because he had a lot of fun. He went to parties. He went to weddings. Yeah. Kids loved him, right? And at the same time, he pulled away to lonely places. Yeah, yeah. And in the end, he was by himself. He he models for us that when we talk about the fullness of being a human, if we're going to talk about fun and invite people on a light level, the beautiful thing we get to do is go, hey, but you know what's really true here as well is that I'm lonely or I'm sad or I'm afraid or I, I feel frustrated. All the deep things we could feel that, they go hand in hand with like, I'm also having a good time. Both can be true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Not the either or, but the both and. No. Yeah, Annie, I, I, I love uh, one of the things that is just so special to me about you is how you really do live in the moment. Um, you, are, you are committed to the present moment, but you also have desires, and uh, you know how to live in the way that life is today. And you also know how to hold on to your desires. I, I'm curious oh, yeah. for you, um, you know, even in one of those, and you and I have had this conversation before, one of those desires to be partnered, one of those desires yeah. to be married one day. How do you find yourself? Because we, we have a lot of singles in our community. How do you yeah. allow yourself to live in the present moment with where God has you today, live into all of the fun um, and the honesty of this moment and to hold on to, and I have desires for my future. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the reality is everybody wants something they don't have. And I know this because you ate breakfast and then you wanted lunch, right? <laughs> right? Like we're wanters. It's <laughs> just not, it's not a, it's not a uniquely big thing. It's, it's, once I get this thing, I'm going to want the next yes. thing. Once I get lunch, I'm actually going to then want dinner. It's just part of how I'm built, right? And so once I get this thing that I want, once I get married or, so that's a great example. Once I get married, am I going to want kids then? So guess what? I'm still going to be wanting. So the trick, and I think one of the things that I have had to relearn in my brain and rewire in my brain is I thought a good Christian stopped wanting. Hmm. I thought to be a good follower of Jesus, you let go of your wants and just were like, I'm so open-handed. Just like hand me <laughs> what you have. I right? want nothing. And, <laughs> right. I want for nothing. Just <laughs> drop things on me like rain. Right? Like I'm just not built like that, Jeannie. And so it was always really hard. Hard. The longer I've done this, I've gotten some real practice in it. Uh, the longer I've done it, what is actually true is I think what Jesus really wants from me is to be real honest about what I want and real grateful for what I yes, have, yes. not picking one or the yes, other. Yes. In one hand, I want to say, Jesus, there are things I've asked you for a long time and, and you haven't given them yet. So I'm going to keep asking. And some days it's going to make me cry. And some days it's going to be a flyby prayer. And some days it's going to be, I am mad about this and how, you know, on the other hand, I can go, but you know what I can do? I can't, the, here's the things I can do because I have a lot of time to myself. I was listening to a podcast this week when I was out on the walk in the middle of the day, Jeannie. <laughs> and the guy on the podcast is saying, 
here's the list I'm making. If I, if I wasn't responsible for anyone else, if I didn't have a family to care for, how would I be spending my time? And I was kind of like, tell me more because that's exactly what I get to do, right? Like I'm, I'm recognizing that the life he's longing for is the life that I have. And the life some other people are longing for is the life that I have. And the life that I'm longing for, someone else has, right? And so so if I can remember that and go, man, there are things I'm so grateful for. I can travel the way I want. I can... I park valet at the airport, even though it's $10 more a day, because do you know who else cares about my money? Nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody. And so I, there are things like that, that. And the reason that's important is on the same day that I can cry about all my desires not being met, I can find a simple joy in, but you know what, Jesus, I valeted the airport yes. today and that's actually a gift. Yes. And so it gets me home quicker. It, it makes my life a little bit easier in a life that doesn't feel easy today. And mm-hmm. so can we, on the same piece of paper, on the same Sunday, yes. Yes. on the same, in the same body with two hands, can you put in one hand what you're thankful for? And can you put in the other hand what you want that you don't have and believe that it is okay yes. to have two full hands? Yes, yes. You do not have to let go of yes. one. Yes, yes. Well, I, I love that you say that, Annie, because, uh, you know, during COVID, one of the things that we do at our, our dinner tables, we always used to talk about highs and lows. And um, it was just like consistent lows for a while there in COVID. And so we were like, we got to toss this out. And we changed it to grieves and gratitudes. And so now Great. at our dinner table, everybody goes around and we talk about something that we're grieving or that we're missing or that we long for and something that we're grateful for. And, and we hold That's the beautiful. two full hands and it's possible to do. And I'm curious, what are two things that you're holding in your hand right now? What's a grieve and a gratitude? A grieve and a gratitude. Okay. So I won't do the ones I just listed because valet parking is ridiculously (laughs) bougie. So let's like, let's pretend I I never talked about valeting at the Nashville airport. And I'm going to do it the next time. Thank God Jared's not here. (laughs) Okay. So a grief and a gratitude. Um, uh, a gratitude is I just hung up new beautiful wallpaper in my laundry room. Who cares about a laundry room? But it was really ugly. And these women yesterday while I was traveling hung up new wallpaper in my laundry room. So when I got home last night, uh, they had I had hired them to do that and it was done and it's gorgeous. So I'm, I feel a lot of gratitude today that... That there, that there's more beauty in my home than there was two days ago. Especially when you're um, doing laundry. Right, right. I'm like, it's a room nobody cares about, but that's why we did a wackadoodle wallpaper in there because nobody sees it hardly, and I think it's really fun. A grief I'm holding today is is it it feels like the Lord and I are working through a season where I'm having to sort out how to let go of something. And, and so I'm grieving the process of letting go instead of holding on. I'm grieving the, um, that experience. Do you know, it's the, it's the same thing as when you're at a dinner party and you start to feel that, like, I think it's time. I think I should go. Mm -hmm. I think I'm ready to go. And, but you're still, you know, you're going to have to say goodbye to people and you still know you're going to put your plate in the sink and, and they're pouring coffee. So, you know, you've got like 20 more minutes. I'm there. Does that make sense? Well, I'm yeah. there in a situation in my life. And even the letting go and knowing that they might still stay at the dinner party and you might yeah. not be there anymore. 
Oh, they are. That's it. It's, it's me getting up and walking out. So I'm at that place. And, and the reason I tell you that one versus a different one is I think it's important for us to be kind enough to ourselves that we all pay attention to whatever season we're in and go, oh, I'm allowed to grieve that I'm about to grieve. Yes, yes. And I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to say at this particular situation, at this particular dinner party, no one else knows I'm about to get up and mm-hmm. leave. And I'm sad because I'm about to leave something that matters to me. And so um, and so I, I, that's something I'm holding. But I'm so proud of myself for not being afraid of that yeah. and for not going, don't be, don't, not shaming myself and going, don't be sad about that. Are you, you're excited about wallpaper? That's so dumb. Or you're, you're sad because you're going to be sad. Like you're annoying. Right. And in, in those situations, I think, I think it's a, it's a statement of my faith and my relationship with God and healing that he's done in me that I can, I can be in both of these places and not be ashamed and not feel shame toward myself and go, yeah, Annie, I bet that is true. I mean, one of the things, Jeannie, I think you and I've talked about in our real lives that are not recorded is, (laughs) um, is this like, can I talk to myself the way I would talk to a friend? Mm -hmm. Can I check in with myself the way I check in with friends? Can I be as compassionate toward my own feelings as I would be toward your feelings? And so if a friend told me I'm getting ready to leave something that matters to me, I'd be like, I am so sorry. What, what do you need? And so to myself, I'm saying, I'm so sorry. What do you need? Yeah, that loving compassion and empathy and kindness and care to yourself and to allow yourself to really drop in and check into the present moment. I think I need to leave the dinner party. Yeah, because you know the thing that Jesus says is when he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, he didn't say, love your neighbor as you love your family. And he didn't say, love your neighbor as you love your pet. And he didn't say, love your neighbor as you love your career. He literally said, love your neighbor like you love you. Yeah, yeah. And and so there's just something, we talk a lot about loving God and loving others, but I, I wonder if we're missing a part of the story by not going, love God, love others as you love yourself. And there's just something about treating myself the way Jesus would yeah. treat me yeah. that I think has made me a better Annie and a better follower of Jesus. Mm, I love that. And he would definitely say, choose valet. Right? (laughs) Jesus loves valet. I'm making that t-shirt. You're right. No, Jesus is probably like, I'm going to park at the last parking spot. And and I'm like, I'm not as good as you, Jesus. (laughs) Annie, I just adore you and love you and so appreciate your raw honesty. I love that you allow people to watch you live out an Mm. authentic not perfect, but a real vulnerable relationship with Jesus, with others, and with yourself. It's beautiful to behold. And so I'm going to give you like the last few minutes. If you could say anything to Soul City, what would you say to us? And then I would love for you to pray for us. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, first, Jeannie, let me publicly say how much you and Jarrett uh, pastor me and what it means to me. You're, you being a global church includes me. And so thank you for how, how y'all pastor it. I think in our day, we have to make sure the people that are pastoring us are truthful and are, um, and are human and are going to make mistakes, but 
but there's not there's not secrets going on that we don't know. And so thank you for how you how you pastor so many of us. Um, I will I will say if I was standing there with y'all and you said this, you've got two minutes to tell us what to do, and we may never see you again. <laughs> and you got two minutes. I would say, um, do not give up on this. Do not give up wherever you are in your faith journey. I mean, it could just make me cry saying it to you. So I'm trying to keep my emotions to myself, but. Um, just do not give up on this. This is actually the hope of your life. Yes. This is actually worth giving everything to. What, what I keep realizing over and over again is Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to me. It doesn't mean that this relationship is the easiest part of my life or feels the best all the time, but my gracious, I... I, I want us, you and me and our friends watching along, I want us to get to the end of our lives and go, I didn't do all this right, but I sure didn't give up. I did not quit on this. I am finishing this race. And, and so whatever it takes, as disciplined as you need to be, as many people as you need to know your junk, as, as rigid as you need to be with yourself, as grace-filled as you need to be with yourself, do whatever it takes to not give up on your faith. Do not give up on your faith. Tie yourself to scripture. Tie yourself to strong leadership that will be flawed and, and not do everything right, but will be leading you as best they can. Leaders in the Bible, man, the more I read the Bible and the leaders in the Bible, I'm like, we're all right. We're all right. <laughs> they have some issues. <laughs> listen, listen, King David, I need you to do some stuff different. Solomon, I need you to make some better choices. And so I just say, I just don't want us to give up because people let us down. And, and some of that genie, as you know, some of that wrestle is what do you do when it's God who's let you down? <laughs> what do you do when you feel like it's, it's actually God? And, and so I would just say to people, do not give up, keep telling God the truth. And, and this story, uh, Corey Asbury has a song that says the story isn't finished if the story isn't good. And I just believe that. I believe that the story isn't finished if the story isn't good. So, all right, let me pray for us then. If everyone uh, with us, if you'll just open your hands, I just think God, God loves to be a giver of good gifts. And when our hands are open, it says, I'm not asking you to give anything up to him. I'm asking him to give everything to you. So um, let me pray for us. Lord, we are sure that you are who you say you are. And when we aren't sure, we'll just say we're sure. We will let our words and our beliefs lead our feelings. And so God, today in all the places that we are unsure, I, I say I am sure. And we say we are sure that you are who you say you are, that you are kind and loving and compassionate. For all the things that we want, will you meet our desires and meet our needs? You're so good at meeting our needs and you're so passionate about meeting our desires. You are fond of us and I'm grateful. So for our friends with their hands open, even today, would they see you answer a prayer that they have long prayed, whether it's big or small, just as a reminder that you are faithful and you are who you say you are. Um, God, would you bless Soul City Church, bless the leadership, bless the staff, bless all of us that receive the gifts that Soul City gives. God, we just ask that this would um, continue to be a safe place, a haven, a sanctuary, and, and, and a spiritual airport that sends people out. And some come back and some don't, but we just, we believe in being a spiritual airport that, that sends people out after they know exactly where they're supposed to go. 
And so, God, we um, we thank you. We thank you that the local church is not going anywhere, that it is the hope. It is your arm. It is your hands and feet. It is the way you reach the world. So would we reach the world? Would anyone that we know and love that doesn't know you come to know you? Um, we love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Annie, thank you so much. Soul City, will you help me thank Annie Downs? Thank you, friends. Oh, I love y'all. Thank you. We love you. I love that you had us open our hands because that's the only way we pray here at Soul City. So it's Oh, perfect. there we go. It's perfect. You're already family. I remembered. You're already family. We love you, Annie. That's right. Thank you so much for being with us today.